0: Hi guys, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Sten Pitter, co-founder and CEO at Zability, an OKR software that helps you move away from spreadsheets for focus and accountability. Today Sten and I are going to talk about misalignment and why this might not be a bad thing then's actually joining me today from Australia, so I know it's quite late in the evening there and um, it's just around 11am here in the UK, but it's, it's Sten's evening, so I appreciate you taking the time out to, to talk to us for today. So welcome to Giant Talk Sten, um, it's really great to have you with me for today's episode. Please can you introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um... Hi, everyone. So as you can hear from my accent, I'm French, uh, so I hope that you'll be able to understand me through through this conversation. Um, But yeah, so I'm an ex-product manager and and one thing that um, that I faced with my team uh, back when I was working was that we had great ways to track projects, but not a lot of good ways to understand and keep track of our goals. And so Tability, so we, we decided to build Tability to solve that problem. Um, so I'd say, that you know, 90, 95% of our customers are using VATFOR KRs. Uh, but really it was for us, you know, um, as you said, Charlie, about account- accountability. How can we help teams? Um, and especially now that people are distributed, how can we help them understand what to focus on when they come to work um, and help everyone in the company uh, also have like an easy way to keep track of everybody's focus and understand when people need their help, right? So this is what we do. Um, we believe in simplicity. We try to keep uh, our, our tool nimble. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited to be doing this podcast with you.
0: Thank you. And and who doesn't love um, simplicity? But thank you for that intro. Um, so one of the ultimate goals with OKRs as well as accountability and focus is around alignment, and there's sort of a promise with OKRs that they can create an environment where everyone is aligned and and happily working towards um, common goals. Which sounds great, but can you talk us through the benefits that this has?
1: Yeah, so alignment, I think, is the word that um, sometimes gets misused because it feels when we we talk about it like uh, you know, well the. the common way to describe it is to talk about a north star. It's like what's a north star of the company? And then you want to rally all the teams behind it and make sure that everybody um, is pointing in the in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And the thing that we don't talk about as much is the fact that, that North Star like tend to be a moving target. Right. So for me, um the alignment piece it, it's not like a, a thing that is you know it's not an immovable Object or immovable method. It's it's something that needs to be living, which is something that for me is like is an approach of OKR that is not talked about um, um, enough. But uh, so, what you want in the company is that you want to have first of all, you want to have like a simple way for everybody to talk about their focus, right? So you want to have like a shared language uh, within a company. Then once you have that, you want to be able to use that shared language to be able to compare teams and understand. What are the different teams doing? And this is what gets really hard to do as you scale up because everybody is busy doing a lot of things every day, right? And and the work we do to reach our goals creates distraction. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to be uh, on a bit of a tangent here, but it, it's mm-hmm. a very simple example. Like Say that you know we both decide to achieve like a certain goal uh, or, you know, um, okay, I don't have an example here. Oh, we want to launch a, a bakery. Right. <laughs> um, that's our goal. And then we start to work on what it needs we need to do to, to, to do that. And then we'll, we'll be pulled in a lot of different directions to understand, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, we need to have recipes. We need to have a place. We need to, to have a business plan. And then it's it's really easy for people to lose track of the goals. Right. So alignment is not only about, you know, understanding the direction, but it's also about like not losing focus. And mm-hmm. right? it's also about understanding when you need, you know, to change your goal. Um, it's all those things at once, and so what I love about chaos um, is that it simplifies all of this. It codifies. Basically, it's like it's you know you can. It's not the only way for people to track their goals. It's not the ultimate goal setting framework, but it is one that works really well. Um, and so for me, this is this is the thing about a chaos. It's like it's a simple way to codify a lot of things in the company to make sure that. It is as easy as possible to get that alignment or even better to understand when you start to lose the alignment, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the part for me that is more important. It's more important to know when things are not working than when things are working because when things are working, it's fine. But sometimes it's easy to lose track of bigger bigger picture and then you start drifting away and then drifting away from your goals, but you're not really aware of it.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's an important point because there are many you know articles blogs and podcasts out there about um you know the benefits of, of being aligned and being in a place where you know you have that strong alignment but as you said it's important to um to have that focus and, and to, to know when you do have some misalignment so you've touched on it there, but taking it a step back, I guess the first milestone is not to achieve alignment, but it's to create visibility across across teams. Can you just talk about that in a little bit more, in more detail? Yeah,
1: yeah. Sorry, I've, I feel like uh, maybe uh, I jumped a few steps James here.
0: Her. No, that's
1: fine. But um, mm. so the classic story. And this is something that I've lived myself, like being part of a team of a company, you know, it's like when I worked, I started in a company that had 450 people, which was pretty big at the time. And then by the time I left, we had 2,500 people. Like, so, and that happened in the span of five years. And so what happens when you have that like hyper growth going, um, is that teams, you know, you, you can only do that if you give teams. Uh, a certain amount of autonomy, and this is great. It needs to happen. You need to be able to trust your teams that they can self-organize and they can figure out patterns you know or ways for them to be effective. Now what happens is that if there's no um, framework that kind of like you know sets some kind of boundaries for the team about like this is your freedom and that this is what we need from you to be able to understand what you're doing. Um, then what happens is like every team comes up with their own framework to say okay. So practically, you know, to to, to make this like as easy to, as possible to understand, it means that one team, you know, you go to a marketing team and you ask what they're doing and they they talk to you about like themes and, and, and goals. And then you go to the engineering team and then they talk about priorities and big rocks. And then you go to uh, your design team and then they, they talk about, you know, it's like, uh, focus areas and initiatives, and so they're all talking about the priorities. They're all talking about the focus, but they all have different ways to to do this. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're a manager, if you're a leader in in that organization, it is really hard for you to make sense of what's happening and to understand how you can help people because every time you talk to a different team, they use a different language, mm. um, and so. That's that's a visibility part. Is like for me, what I like again, better chaos, is that it's not that it's a perfect framework, but it's one that works and what the, one that codifies the language around around focus. Now everybody has to reframe you know the focus by using objectives and key results. Um, in some cases, you know, like I like actually to add act, add like the objective key results. Initiatives um, because I think it helps people understand the difference between a key result and a and a project. Yeah. Um, but it means that now you can go from one team to another and you can say the same, you can ask the same question and people know what your what's behind the question. You can say, like, what are your key results? Uh, but what are your objectives? And it's easy now to compare people. So that that for me, that's the visibility aspect. It means that it's much, much simpler. To look at you know the bigger picture, to look at the different teams, and make sure that there is alignment or not. Right? It's like without that, without like a shared language, um, it's very difficult to do. And another thing, you know, for me, it's like you know, it's like um, I see online like every time I think something gets popular, it gets criticized. Like right off the bat, like people say, oh no, this doesn't work. And the thing, the, the truth is, like you know, even if you don't, you're not using your chaos, you'll need to have like a way. To do the same thing, you'll need to have like a system in place for you to be able to like talk to one team and talk to another team and try to make sense of what we are doing. Um, so either you can create your own framework or you can use one that has a lot of literature behind it, that has a lot of practitioners, that has a lot of people with experience. Um, and, and yeah, so for me, it just works, right? And But if you want to do something else, you can. It's just like, that just simplifies this. Um, so yeah, so that's the vis- visibility aspect of OKHouse. Is that even before you can decide what you want to do, right? It's like like the, the first step is to get everyone to express a plan in the same way, in a way that you know you can understand.
0: Yeah. And I think just linked to that as well is that it brings about transparent transparency as well. And I think knowing mean, you know whether it's everyone's using the same sort of terminology which is obviously ideal but i think it it helps give you a sense of, of directions um, and there yeah, you, everyone's absolutely. going in the right sort of direction which is obviously very helpful um but often and, I'm sorry
1: oh yeah I, I was about to say because the direction is one thing uh but the traction is the other one it's like mm-hmm. that's the transparency for me that when 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 we say that word Once again, for me, like OKRs is something that is supposed to be living. It's not a plan that you set at the beginning of the quarter and then you forget about it.
0: Leave it. Um,
1: It's like you you set that 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 North Star. Every team, you know, there's the one at the top of the company, which is like the top level of chaos. But then Mm -hmm. each team underneath will come and say, okay, so if we want to achieve that, this is what we want to do. And then for me, the transparency really happens when people are tracking progress on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm saying that is because now. You're able, same thing, to go through the org, and to be able to see like which team is doing well. Um, I, I shouldn't use this word because it means that you know if you do bad then right, it's a bad. You know, it's like which team is like having a good, having an easy time achieving mm-hmm. the OKRs, which can sometimes actually be. A bad sign. Like if a team is like has a, a too much of an easy time achieving their mm-hmm. goals, then maybe they could have been too ambitious, uh, yeah. a bit more ambitious. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, but then at the same time, you know, it's like now every team in the org is offering visibility toward you know ver execution. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it becomes possible to see how people execute. And once again, it's not about micromanaging people. It's more about understanding who needs help, like who mm-hmm. can I help, who's doing well um and and who's working on something that maybe you know need to be readjusted um yeah it's like for me it's just like there's brilliant things that can happen when you get that level of uh, transparency and also clarity around you know there's a strategy but this is how we're all executing on it Mm
0: -hmm. yeah no that's very important and often um leaders get to a stage where they think OKRs have created or caused some sort of misalignment, which isn't the case. What What do you think has actually happened? I know um, you wrote a great a great blog on this. I've pulled a bit out from there.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, well, I, I've seen that happening uh, a few times. There's actually, um, well, okay, I'm not going to name names, but there are companies where you can search online and you can find companies. Um, actually, no, I'm not going. to... There's a company that literally they stopped using OKRs um, and and they said, yeah, it wasn't working for for us. And then they got back to the framework a year later. Mm -hmm. Because once again, uh, as I said, you know, it's like no matter what, you'll need a way for you to be able to express focus in a simple way across your org. And you'll need a way for you to track progress. And then, well, it just works. And so now let's look at what happened. As we said, you know, in the introduction, you talked about alignment. And I said, you know, for me, it's like, like, I think that the way we introduce OKRs by saying, like, it will help you get alignment is dangerous because then the Mm -hmm. expectation is that as soon as everybody has things expressing objectives and key results, then everybody should just be magically working well together. Um, And the reality is that okay for me it it's it's a it's much more a way to codify things than it is a way to solve your culture mm-hmm. uh just because you know everybody now says like oh my objective is x and as measured by x by y uh it doesn't mean that you've solved the um organizational issues that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if people didn't work well together before, if you had like someone's had a bad manager or, or you had like a team underperforming, like it doesn't solve that. And I'm not even saying that this is the main problem. It's like you can have like great teams working um, amazingly, but they're, they're generally going in different directions. Uh, and so like the reality of what happens is like before you, you, you have a system like OKRs in place to understand what's going on, it's actually really hard for you to know if a team, uh, team A and team B are misaligned, mm-hmm. right? It's like you can have your engineering team going this, direct, this way and uh, the product team going, oh, sorry, together, but the marketing team mm-hmm. going a different way. And it's hard for you to understand that. And so because you don't understand it and because you don't see it, it doesn't seem to be a problem. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, so your sales team or your marketing team is using OKRs, your engineering team is using OKRs, the product team is using OKRs. And so now you start to see how things are not really working well together. And that, that's the thing is that because you have visibility, it's easier for you to see problems. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing that happens for teams that adopt chaos is that all of a sudden, it looks like there's a bunch of problems in the org. And I think the shortcut that some people take is that they attribute the problems to the OKR framework, Mm
0: -hmm. whereas
1: for me, I come and I say, no, now you have visibility on existing issues. It's things that were there before, and now the good thing is that you have a way to, if you act on it, you'll be able to measure uh, or to see if you're improving things, Mm -hmm. right? And so to simplify what I'm saying, it's like what happens is like all of a sudden, so you use OKRs, so everybody's focus is easy to see. And it's easy to see now the issues that are already existing in the org. And the knee-jerk reaction is to say, well, we have the issues. It must be the framework. Let's stop doing it. Um, whereas for me, what I see that I'm like, oh, this should be celebrated as a victory. Now we understand how we can improve. Right. So now we have like some ideas of, you know, what's not working today. And the next step is to actually iterate on that and to try to tackle, you know, some of these issues one at a time. Um, Yeah. So that's what I think happens. Sorry. Mm. Is that people get to see the misalignment and then the reaction is to say like, well, we don't like what we're seeing. So we're going to reject the framework. Whereas I think that this is like, for me, it's like, oh, OK, the framework is working well because it's showing us places where things are not you know well put together and this is what we need to improve um no organization actually a better way for me to put it is that if you show me an org that um a a company or team that is using okrs and that is never seeing any misalignment but every time you you talk to them they say like no no we're always Mm. like i would challenge the way they do things because it's impossible for a team to not like start drifting away. Like mm. that's what just happens. And so the idea is like, Oh, okay. So we like, I, I think the success for me is defined by a team that is able to identify those things rapidly and then correct the course, like also rapidly. And so this is what happens is like they drift away, they go back to the; They drift away, they go back to the to, together um, with fast uh, cycles.
0: Mm. I think that's a really good point and I think, you know, I guess it's like you said, it's it's easy and a bit of a knee reaction to blame OKRs or, or whatever goal-setting framework it is, there are obviously various um, different frameworks that people use, whereas in actual fact, it's, as you've just mentioned, it should be, you know, looking at what the issues are and trying to, to overcome those issues, so don't blame yeah. the framework So then, I know that
1: Yeah, I I was about to say that, you know, there are times where there there are definitely some teams that, in my opinion, you know, they're not well suited for chaos, and in which case, Mm -hmm. you know, you adopt the framework and then you try to, for instance, I'll give you an example. Uh, If you're uh, an agency and you work on projects, right, so you have one project and then you work on the next project and then you work on the next project. It's actually quite hard uh, to apply OKS to this because it's a short leave. like the, the the goal is to deliver something. Whereas like, you know, it's like I think that OKS or you know, same thing. Like I had the uh, um uh service companies, like your lawyer, uh your accountant, it's gonna be difficult as well because uh, the long-term goals are a little bit harder to define. Um, but if you're a product company, if you're um Basically, if you're building something that needs to iterate over time and there's no like really end and end to what you're building, you know, you're just trying to improve and improve and improve. And it's, you know, not really clear, you know, what are the different avenues for you to do this. And this is where this framework is really useful because it helps tell people as like this is what we want to try to achieve by the end of a quarter. Now go ahead and try things that can get us there. Right. And then we're going to use the key results to measure that. You know the things we're trying are actually good, whereas like some of the things might be bad and then we will just drop them. Right, mm-hmm. so that's just a caveat. You know there are definitely cases where I think OKRs won't work and you adopt it and then it's just confusing because you're trying to measure things but you don't know what to measure. Mm-hmm. But uh, for a lot of teams, I think it it just it's just a, a beautiful way uh, to codify focus. It's a very useful tool, and the first thing that happens when you're You'll have all your teams speaking the same language, so that you'll you'll realize that hey, they've been working on different things, and that's just normal.
0: Mm. And I think um, just going back to some of the some of the problems or issues that can come out um, boils down to some cultural issues internally, and I think some people then think, oh, okay, I don't work, And actually there's a deeper. Um, issue or a number of issues around culture that, that needs addressing and OKLs okay, are not going to work for your organization if you have those sorts of issues. So I know there'd be giants if we you know, work with clients and we uncover some of those cultural issues but we'll work with the organization on those because otherwise you are just doomed to fail. So I think there's there's a big um piece around that um as well. Yeah. How can having a system like stability so, to bring in an, an AKR system help with the process to, to create alignment and to help keep people on, on track?
1: Yeah, so what we try to do is same thing as I was saying. You know, It's, like, it's funny because I didn't think about that Well, uh, at the beginning, but I used the word uh, codify uh, a lot, and that, that's a little bit what we're trying to do. It's like we're trying to guide people to help them avoid making some mistakes that, that mm-hmm. are classic mistakes. Um, one, for instance, you know, it's like key results should be measurable. Um, and so in Tability, when you create a plan, we actually take you through a structure. We try to be prescriptive about what we believe is going to be a good system. Um, and one such so thing is like, you know, the first question that happens is like, what's your objective? And then the second question is what's a measurable outcome for that objective. And we're all about you know showing you progress and charts and helping people then do check do the weekly, you know, I talked about like tracking progress on a weekly basis. Um, it, it's all about that. So what we do is like we actually take out a lot of a you know um heavy lifting that you have to do to teach people how to do OKOS. We simplify the entire process and we automate the accountability part. Um, Now, you know, it's it's like what I like to say, this is me shooting myself in the foot like I'm not a salesperson. Mm -hmm. But I would say that for people, the first time they do a chaos, they should probably use whatever tool they're familiar with. Mm -hmm. Because same thing, what we don't want people to do is we don't want them to blame something else, right? If if they say that, you know, you start to use stability and then people see misalignment or something and then they're like, well, maybe it's a tool. So what I said to teams, is like, if you're already mature with OKRs, if you you know what you're doing, then yeah, by all means, jump on the tool. Well, we're, we're going to save your team like thousands of hours every mm-hmm. month. Well, not every month, maybe it depends <laughs> on the type of company, but we're going to save you a lot of time and we're going to make it as easy as possible for people to track progress and to see where they are. But for a team that is new to OKRs, I would say if people, if you've been using Spreadsheet, um, start with a Spreadsheet, do the first cycle, see how people feel. Then like I can guarantee is, like by the you know end of the second cycle, people will start getting frustrated with spreadsheets. And one of the reasons is because it's really hard to visualize progress. It's yeah. really hard to find what, what is attached to the you name. Know. It's really hard to actually really make sense of, you know, it's like, uh, what are the teams that are doing okay else, right? What are the teams that are not, you know, that need to be improved? And this is something that Tabidity makes super easy. Right. So I'll stop here with the, the spiel, but um yeah, so our job for us is like as you know, it's like we definitely coming from um, you know, I'm an ex-product manager. Um everyone on the team has been part of a actual team building products. And so that's the angle that we have. It's like we don't take an HR angle to the problem. Um, we take really a how can we be the product that helps the team building products, building services, how can we help them? Uh, without you know being in the way, and 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 yeah, so that's a job.
0: No, and I like the point you made as you know, not being a salesperson, <laughs> but talking about you know if you are new to OKRs, then don't jump in and try and use a whole new new software because then you if it goes wrong, you'll blame the software, and then you'll have all sorts of problems. But I think there's definitely a, you know there's a lot of conversations around using spreadsheets and software, but I think when it comes to the spreadsheets, when you have more it becomes more complex when you have cross functional goals and and different yeah. know, complex objectives and it just be- can become a bit messy and i think um you know the ultimate the automation of you know sort of the process and the simplification um yeah. is great so i think there's definitely um a lot of pros to to use and, and and to track in your your soft um your okr your okrs um, and it helps that yeah, like you ex- mentioned
1: the oh, weekly check-ins sorry. as well. Sorry, yeah. So I, I was about to say because it's it's actually there's a big parallel between, for me, using a spreadsheet and all the things that we, we talked about. Mm. Um, like one of the issues with spreadsheets uh, for org once again that, that start to scale, is that everybody does the spreadsheet a different way, and so it becomes the same. You you're at like like and. For me, it's like you have to look at the practical aspect of, of spreadsheets. You know, if we talk about it like at a high level, it looks like oh yeah, sure, it's going to work. But mm-hmm. from uh, in practice, what it looks like is like you're you have to manage six teams, and you will have to find among you know the hundreds of others. Spreadsheets are used for everything in the company. So now you have to, if you don't have bookmarked, uh, you haven't bookmarked the spreadsheets, you have to find those six teams. Then you look at each team and each team probably has tweaked the spreadsheet because they like it better a certain way. Mm. And so it's the same problem of like, yes, we're using OKRs, but now when I looked at things, it all looked different. It all looks different. And then spreadsheets, they don't know that they need to to be updated. So if you have a goal and you put it in a spreadsheet, like you have to remember on a Monday or on a Friday that you need to go back to that spreadsheet and update it. what happens once again is like usually there's someone in the company that has a reminder that says like send email to the entire team. And mm. then there's an email that goes on Friday saying don't forget to update your goals. Um and it feels a bit, you know, that micromanagement, like, why is Blah telling me every week mm. to do these things? I know that I should be doing it. Yeah. So what Tability does is that we come here to solve all these problems, right? So in Tability, every team will look the same. When they create the plan, it all looks the same and it's effective, it works well. And it means that if I go from one team to the other, it's really easy for me to understand what we are doing and what we are struggling because I know exactly what to look at and it's in the same position uh, in the UI. And the second part is that we take care of our reminders. So, you know, that that's the inevitability the comes from accountability. And mm-hmm. so the idea for us was that if you give us your goals will make sure that you won't forget about it but that's our job is to make sure you know it's like we want to help you achieve your goals and we can't tell you how to do <laughs> what to do but we okay. can't sure as hell, like like help you know after you know a nice weekend you know on a monday like tell you like hey by the way before you go um and start working this week like those are your priorities mm-hmm. now you know about it um here's where you are today here's what you're supposed to be um, you understand the difference. Now go ahead and, and you know, do amazing work.
0: Yeah. And, and there's definitely, like you said, that that consistency rather than having six spreadsheets all over the place and having people messaging you every week or, you know, to, to update your spreadsheet. So there's definitely a, a lot of benefits to be had. I wanted to ask you, I would like to leave with a piece of advice for our listeners. Um, you might have one, you might have more, but I just wondered what... What advice you would give to anyone out there that's listening that is struggling with creating alignment around that OKRs? They're not blaming the framework. There, there's no. Yep. I, I know it sort of depends on various different um, issues, but I just wonder if that stands out.
1: Yeah. So um, okay. So the simplest for me, um, forget about the tools. Right. It's like for me, it's like it's all about. Do you have a meeting? on a weekly basis, it should be a weekly meeting where you have the leaders of the teams that are misaligned, you know, they need to get together and all talk about progress. And I think the best way it it comes from... um, My background is in development and and continuous integration, continuous development, uh, deployment. and one thing that is very effective is like one way to solve problems is to test things often. Um, and because now the cost of decisions like decreases, like one of the problem that people have is like they often try to solve everything in, in one meeting because <laughs> the next meeting might be like in a month, two months, three months. And so there's this pressure, you know, to try to solve all the problems right now was like if you accept that maybe we're not going to have all the answers today but we're going to just meet again next week and meet again and meet again i think that that process of having a meeting with the right people where you talk things through is like it's the easiest way to solve all these problems so so the company i used to work for like was um atlassian and the one thing that they like things change over the years. Like the, the process you have when you're you have four hundred people, not the same process you have when you have six hundred people, and not the same processes that you have when you have like a thousand people. Uh, but the one thing that they kept was a uh, retrospective, and every team had to do retrospectives, and not just about the, the code. It was also about like you know the way we work, and that is what helped us to understand how to solve existing problem. And you do that, and that's what I mean. It's like it's like on a periodic basis, basically you meet and then you look at a problem, then you're able to solve those problems because you know the same people have enough conversation and enough data to to, to adjust things. So once again, I've talked too much to, to make a point, but um <laughs> I'd say you know it's like if you see misalignment. Um, my my tip is like don't try to solve that into one meeting. Don't try mm-hmm. to have like an amazing workshop where uh, you like the expectation that at the end of a workshop is that all the problems are solved. It never works. At best, what you can have is like people understand that there are problems and they agree that you know it's like problems exist. And my advice then is to not set the next meeting a month four weeks from now. Is to set the next meeting. You know it's like. Don't do like one, two hours meetings every three months. Do 30 minutes meetings every week. Yeah. And this is a great way to identify problems, to try things, to weed out bad goals, and to just let conversation flow um, and give you time. And then I guarantee that in three or four weeks, like a lot of the misalignments, they'll just disappear.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. It's a really good piece of advice. And as you were talking, I just kept thinking, Rome wasn't built in a day. So it sounds very cliche, but we were talking about people trying to, you know, resolve things in in a one hour meeting. um But yeah, I think the weekly check ins or bi weekly, depending on um your situation. But I think no more than. Um, no longer, don't leave it any longer than that. I think yeah, they're really important. um you know, you can like you said ha- and, and I think communication and conversation and having that open open space where you can resolve any issues or at least talk about them, um yeah. and then see how you know testing, learning, adapting, it's all part of the OKR process. so
1: yeah I have a um I was saying that I like to give uh, people when they're struggling and and To accept or or to decide, for most companies, what's more important is to minimize the cost of being wrong. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is like, part of it, you know, we take those things as like the assumption is that we're right. And I do hope that, you know, it's like if we make decisions in our company, I do hope that it's the right one. But the question is like, what if we're wrong? How long will we go being wrong, wasting resources, wasting time before we can realize that we should be doing something else. Mm-hmm. So once you take that framework, once you you think about it as about like, it's not about being right, but it's about like, let's try to minimize the cost of being wrong. It becomes easier to accept that, hey, do you know what? Yeah, we should meet again next week. And it's not about like having like a heavy meeting. It's just like, just a quick check-in, you know, it's like, uh, we look at the OKRs and make sure everything's good because the idea is more to be able to identify quickly when things are not good because then this is what becomes expensive for an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so this is, my thing is like, you know, the best way to minimize the cost of being wrong is to have those um, frequent, short, but but frequent enough <laughs> review not every day but but you know it's like if it's too long then you know that that increases the cost of everything
0: yeah i like that i do like a saying so i'm going to take that one <laughs> um thank you then, for joining me for today's episode of giant talk it's been it's been great to, to talk to you to hear more about you know how misalignment isn't necessarily a bad thing um it's been really interesting and to hear more about stability um itself and the pros of, of using okr software so thank you to you and thank you to our listeners for joining us for another episode of giant talk if you have any feedback or if you just want to chat please do get in touch with us by emailing growth at thank you thanks for having me thanks Ciao.